2: what's good everybody welcome back to veterans minimum as you see in the title my guy is back top three in the building my tag partner best back court and podcasting making a return what up
3: how you doing man i'm chilling um you know happy monday happy holidays to to those out there um let's celebrate the lovely 420
2: (laughs) 420
3: Um, (laughs) i've been working at home um but um yeah cooped, cooped up in the apartment you know um hope everyone's staying uh, healthy and safe out there for sure. but um super excited to chat about the last dance.
2: yo, uh, a couple of real real quick pointers I want to bang out. You said working from home, which congrats everyone is.
3: yep well, some unfortunately, <clears throat> you know there's some people who have unfortunately lost their jobs. yeah, um, so super grateful to be able to um, you know you know maintain a job. Um so just thankful and, and, and you know, I know a lot of people are you know, going through some some things right now. Um, so, you know, I'm you know, I'm super grateful and and, and and lucky to still have my job, so I'm just thankful to be able to work from home, you know.
2: Also, as I'm snapping a pick right now for the Graham Imp, give me give me eh, let's go. What are you, you throwing up gang slides? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> little dicky, go. little dicky. Yeah, I was actually watching watch that show. I, I started watching it, I watched the first two episodes. It's what, amazing. What are you watching lately, bro? Because I know one thing for me, dude is, and I think it's a nice little segue into like this entire episode, which we're dedicating to the Last Dance, because people were like it shut down Twitter in a way. That was the yeah. number one trend worldwide. We haven't had sports since my birthday, March eleventh, was when the uh, the Rudy Gobert news comes out that he got the Rona, and then from there, that's where I sh- I really think shit hit the fan because. When everyone saw the NBA shut down, they're like, "Yo, fam, this thing is really serious." So what you've been watching, bro? Because this is three straight nights the boys been seeing the sunrise. Because I'm watching Money Heist, and it is no joke, bro. Damn.
3: Um, I so I just finished The Sopranos. Six, mm. seven. I guess it's seven seasons. Six A, six B. So call it seven though, if you want. Um, so I just finished The Sopranos. I'm about to start watching all the Avengers movies in order. Um, I'm watching little the Little Dickie Show, Dave. It's amazing. It's on Hulu. Uh, seriously, Dave is an amazing show. It's it's comedy. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot, you know they touch on some you know real life you know um, issues, which is which is always great to be able to kind of have a nice balance of both. Uh, little Dicky's an underrated uh, actor. He's a really really good actor. Um, the show is basically. You know it's it's like a it's he kind of it's a take on his rap career so in the show he plays a rapper named Lil Dicky but it's not exactly what happened in his life but there are people from his real life in the show Mm. um it's just I I just I'm hooked on on Dave on Hulu um I'm about to start Ozark um but yeah just finished the Sopranos um and watching Dave and 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 a couple of things to start myself
2: dude you gotta put money heist on the agenda
3: I'll try. I'll definitely try. It's Netflix.
2: It's on Netflix, apparently. So my mom was watching this shit years ago. It aired in Spain, and it aired in Europe, and it was like the biggest show in Europe, and then Netflix got a hold of it. So the first season that my mom's watched it, it was in Spanish with the English subtitles. Now it's one of those shows where uh, their fourth season just ended right now, and with every episode, it's like it hasn't peaked yet wow and it's it's just crazy it's it's these bank robbers they they rob this bank in spain and it's like the biggest heist ever it's like billion dollar heist and there's a dude on the outside moving all the chess pieces around and there's some chick her name is tokyo in that and i will let her do absolutely ridiculous things (laughs) to me (laughs) you watch this show you'll totally understand spanish up you know but dude, it's dope and it, it got so much momentum and buzz that like Neymar makes a cameo in it. Benzema oh, wow. and Ronaldo wow. were tweeting about it and to the staff. Like it's it's one of the biggest shows in the world and it's on Netflix. And yo, it is fucking insane, bro. I I'm watching it. Look, I know uh I know we like to live in the moment, but dude, it's one of the best shows that I've seen. It's really top five for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily. And as far as like a Netflix product. It's e- it's easily top five, but even even in the grand scheme of things, it is. And the last thing I'll say, it's it's like you remember those old uh, Asian, uh, those like Chinese kung fu movies where they would like their lips would be moving and they're speaking t- English. They dub t- over it. it it's yeah. like that, but it's not it's it's not like that noticeable, you Got know. It. Like there's times where I disappear and and I don't pay attention to their mouths moving because, but yo, it's it's fantastic, dude. It's absolutely I'm ridiculous, down. man. But uh, um, I'm right. really
3: pumped about the last dance. So that was great. It, 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 was, it was two hours of um, education. I went to school for two hours last night.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. That's and what it uh, kind of feels like I uh, they've been hyping this up for a while. I remember they first they pushed aired, it up.
0: They pushed
3: it up.
2: Yeah. They got pressure from yo. shout out to Twitter, man. Twitter sometimes can be super popping where they force the hand of ESPN. They're like, yo, listen, we need we need some original content. We need some new shit. We can't be waiting because I, I want to say imp- this was supposed to air after the finals? Yep. Like roughly uh, free agency. Summertime. July, Summertime. yeah, to give, you know, because they're stretching it out over five weeks, if, if you don't know. They're releasing three and four next Sunday, and then every Sunday until parts nine and ten. It's a ten-part series.
3: Is it two episodes every weekend? It's two
2: episodes every weekend, yeah. Got it. Which is dope because you're getting basically a 30 for 30, which I've been a big fan of for years now. Mm-hmm. And you're basically yeah. getting one every week on a topic where... I went I went and did some research on this over the weekend because obviously we do have a lot of time on our hands, bro. But, you know, I realized that there hasn't been much Jordan documentaries and Jordan talking per se documentaries. Does that make sense?
3: For sure. I just think it's because, you know, maybe he felt like, you know, I mean, a lot of his career was, um, what's the word? He was a polarizing player not in the sense of being the greatest, but in the sense of like, was he the best role model? He had gambling issues. You know, he was known to be a little bit of a drinker and, and he was, you know, he got, you know, he got, uh, you know, what's the word? I mean, you even saw some of it in the episode. Like Mm -hmm. he may not necessarily have been the best teammate all the time, but the one thing, you know, that came down to it for Jordan was winning. And that, that was the only thing that mattered. So everything was forgiven, I guess. Right. But, you know, then, you know, then LeBron James comes into the picture and I think people started to question if Jordan was really the goat. Uh, and then there's the report that came out that um, you know that basically stated that um, Jordan gave um, the NBA the green light to push, put the to put the wheels in motion um, to put the documentary out on the day of the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, parade championship parade.
2: Yeah, I saw that too in, in 2016. Kind of petty. Kind of petty.
3: I, I don't think it's petty. I just think up until that point jordan was the consensus goat Mm. i think that was what it was i think it's it's he wasn't worried because like i said you know there's there's some negative there's gonna be some negative you know about jordan within the whole 10-part piece and i don't think up until that point he's like you know what i'm the best i don't have to defend myself you know there's no one in my shadows why do, why do people have to see this negative side of me if they don't ha- – like this is going to highlight a lot of great parts about who I am, but this is also going to highlight some negative pieces about who I am as well. And I think up until that point, he didn't even need it to be shown. He's like, for what? Like like everyone knows I'm the best. What does this one season really matter? Like even mm. though it's really great up until you know LeBron won that ring, then people started talking about who was the GOAT, who was the GOAT. And even for the fact that there's a conversation, he's like, you know what? know that that footage was stored in a vault up until up in you know 2016 they decided to let it release it and they've been working on it ever since so um i think he just you know he heard he heard lebron's footsteps and he wanted to kind of get that information out
2: he did say that he was worried how people are going to perceive him after this because the dick side of him is going to come out and you've heard there's been stories dude i remember one time i was watching oprah mad random because he was on there my mom watches all those shows like, all those, like, talk shows, Ellen and shit, and she's watching Oprah, and Barkley was on there, and he tells a story about how they saw some homeless dude in the street, and Barkley went to give him a $100 bill, because he asked for money, and MJ was with him, and Jordan's like, yo, why are you giving him a $100? He's like, because, look at the shape he's in. He's like, well, if he could ask you for money, he could also ask you if you want some fries with that, meaning he could go and get a job yes. if he could ask you for money, so... There are many stories like Jordan punched teammates. Uh, Gambling was like that was like the elephant in the room that people were just ignoring because of how great he was. And you brought up something really interesting. And it's dude is one of like my more controversial takes when it comes to like discussions we have with our friends and shit also. But man, if you're talented or if you're attractive, like people put up with your bullshit because it's it's because of who you are and what you bring to the table. Like people will, will put up with your BS, you know, like why did Michael Vick get another chance at the NFL after he did did with the, with the dogs? Cause he was an elite talent, right? Randy Moss was bouncing around the league all these years. Why'd they give him another chance? Because he's an extreme talent. It's just countless situations. And, and that goes into like, there's some people that are like in relationships too. And it's like, yo, he he or she treat me like shit like yo jeff bezos his wife she's the most like valued woman in the world now after divorce that's not something that just happens overnight but she's like yo i was chilling and now she's like yo you know what it's a wrap now like now i got the juice also so i just it's think crazy. that it's one of those things where yeah jordan was a dick jordan was all this like you even see flashes of it when he's getting at jerry Krause. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, we got to lower the rim for you to shoot some
2: layups. Yeah. Or he's like, yo, why are you taking those pills? They're making you short. And <laughs> and you know there was that was so my biggest takeaway from the first two episodes is that in old school Lamb fashion, everything is wrestling because they gave us a villain and a heel right away. And Jerry definitely Cross.
3: a villain. Um, it's crazy because he he wasn't such a dick. What it seemed like it, if he wasn't so much of a a dick, right? "Quote unquote." I wonder if he'd have gotten more praise, right? Because the guy built a dynasty, mm-hmm. like, like he really did. And at first, when they were like kind of going around his backstory, like, you're like, "Damn, this guy was a baseball scout," like, and then they made him a basketball GM, like, it kind of reminded me of when the Browns pulled what's his name from baseball, like, to become the. But, but, but anyway, it's just, it just kind of, it, it felt, it felt weird, right? But nonetheless. You know, he did a pretty damn good job building that whole roster, and I'm sure we're going to, you know, learn more about how he constructed it. Um, but if he just wasn't so much of a dick and if he wasn't so, you know, he wanted all the credit and or, or maybe he just didn't get enough of it and, and whatever the case is, um, he's definitely the villain for sure. But maybe if he was a cooler dude, like, you know, he'd get more love because that's the one person like no one really talks about. Like even in today's world, like I feel like people don't talk about Jerry Krause. You know what I'm saying?
2: I feel I agree with you. I agree with you. There usually what ends dynasties is within. What happened with the Warriors? Durant yep. and Draymond had the beef, and then ultimately Durant leaves. Every dynasty there always is a riff within house. My question to you is, dude, how many GMs do you know? Like when you think of the Spurs dynasty, do you know the GM?
3: Uh it's
2: like RC Buford, right? Yeah. But but then, I
3: don't know if he was the B, I don't know if he was the GM all the way back then.
2: But what I'm saying is when you think of the, right. when you think of winning teams, you think of the coach and the star player. What do you think yep. of the Patriots? Do you even know who the GM is at the Pats? Cuz I don't. Well, Belichick is, isn't he? There, He's actually the GM, but there's someone that has the title of GM. Got it. Got it. Right. Who was running the Lakers with with Shaq and Kobe? Like I don't know who the GM was. And oh, yeah. So it's very Oh, it
3: was Anyway, that doesn't matter. I know what you're saying though. But what
2: I'm saying is it's it's always been like that, bro. Yeah. The only GM or, or 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 president that I know of, like off the top immediately when I think of a team winning and I think of the guy that put together the roster first over the the coach is the dude that won the World Series with the Cubs and Billy- Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. That's what I think of with the Red Sox and the Cubs. Literally, that's the only thing that I think about when I think of GMs and front office dudes. Because usually when I think think of Spurs, Popovich. Yeah. I think of the Lakers. I think of Phil Jackson. I think of the Bulls. I think of Phil Jackson. So, to me, it was someone – yo, no matter what it is, bro, even even like if you're working a 9-to-5 job, you're going to feel like you're doing way more and you're not getting the luxury – and the credit you deserve. But that's just part of it. That's always the case.
3: Um, a couple of things. Well, and, and another thing about the Jordan, really quickly before I talk about the roster, is the, another piece of, of of Jordan giving the clearance on the footages, I also think it had to do with the fact that the, the Warriors tied the record, the 73-9, and nine, right?
2: They beat the record.
3: They beat the record. Sorry, yeah, I yeah, apologize. Yeah. So I think maybe the combination of both, mm. LeBron being in his footsteps, or LeBron being in the shadow, and then... The Warriors beating the record, he was probably just like, "All right, you know what? This may not show me in the greatest light, but it'll confirm that I'm the goat." And then another thing that I wanted to talk about was two things. One, the Rod, uh, the Rodman, the 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 Pippen contract kind of reminded me of the Steph Curry contract.
2: I thought the exact. I wrote that in my notes.
3: I think that all
2: dynasties
3: need to start with someone that's on getting the page. a team a team friendly deal.
2: Absolutely. Um, and in that any was like, in, in in any sport,
3: and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Steph Curry signed a forty-four, mil, a four year, $44 million, a four-year, forty-four million-dollar contract off of one of his ankle injuries, right? Yeah, and then wound he's winning two MVPs. He
2: signed that prior to winning his first MVP. So that summer, going into twenty, so it was the if you remember the old the early the Mark Jackson Golden State Warriors, they took the Clippers to seven, and that was the series. That reminded me, and I drew the comparison back then, to remember when the Lakers beat the Thunder in like six? But this was like the 2010 Thunder. Like Durant, Harden, Ibaka, and Westbrook were all about 22, 21 years old. But they took them to six, and they were coming off. Uh, They were the defending champions. And you're looking at it, and you're like, yo, these young bucks over here, we got to keep an eye on them. I felt the same way about... The Warriors team that, that took that, them to then. seven. And remember, this was a Clippers team that that was prime Lob City, right? That was Lob City where, you know, what happens if they don't blow that lead to the Rockets? And like, what was that dude's name in? Uh, Josh Smith. Remember Josh Smith? <laughs> all of a sudden became Peja Stoyakovic from three. You're like, what the fu- What the fuck did that happen? He was a dunker his whole career. Yeah, so uh, and that was when Harden was on on the the bench for the whole fourth quarter, and he let like Corey Brewer and Josh Smith come back and win that game. So you're talking about a Clippers team that was probably the best team in the league that year. And then that summer is when he signs that deal. So I, I hate that I kind of took this took your point over, but yo, you're absolutely right. We talk about quarterback contracts in in football all the time, like the that team was another
3: deal. one,
2: like like Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russ Mahomes um, now. Your boy. Yeah.
3: And then another piece of it is.
2: Can we can we, can we stay with that for a little bit? With, yeah, with the for sure. For so sure. so Pippin, and uh, I actually took notes on this one. He was the sixth highest paid player on the Bulls. 122nd, 122nd in, the in the league in salary. In 87, they traded with the Sonics to get the fifth pick. He was not, according to Phil Jackson, he wasn't just the second best player on the Bulls. He was arguably the second best player in the league during that run, too.
3: Could you imagine that?
2: And, you know, one of the pro-LeBron cases, and I'm not making this a LeBron versus Jordan thing, but one of the pro-LeBron cases is what happened when Jordan departed the Bulls the first time in between the three-peats when the Knicks went to the finals, and what happened when LeBron left to go to Miami, like what happened in Cleveland? You're talking about Cleveland went into the lottery. They got Kyrie. They won 55 games with Pippen. And, like, this was a dude who was able to still be the alpha, right? Yeah. Obviously, you take away Jordan, you don't win a title, and that's significant. But to go from being the one seed in the East to a lottery pick because of one guy leaving, that's the pro LeBron case. So that just – I want to – I mentioned that to show you just how great Pippen was. And-, and then
3: also really quickly when you talk about whenever LeBron does have elite teammates, he wins the championship, which plays to that argument as well. Whenever he was surrounded by a Wade, by a Bosch, by a Kyrie, uh, not every season, of course, but whenever there was a healthy Kyrie, you know, the, you know, he, you know, he, he won a championship that year, or, you know, you know, the two he won with Miami, mm. with Wade and Bosch, when you have all stars surrounding LeBron, he right. wins, and then, you know, you you, 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 know, you highlight some of the early Cavs seasons, or even when those two guys got hurt in the first, in the first championship year with the Cleveland. You know, those are some of the arguments, you know, you know, against, you know, those would those would bode bode well for the Bronco arguments is whenever this guy has really good teammates around him, he wins. Um, But generally speaking, his teams, you know, he hasn't always been surrounded with the best talent.
2: Yeah. And I think this also spotlights how good Scottie Pippen was. Yeah, for sure. Because, Um, you you know, you play with a guy like Jordan, bro, you're going to get overshadowed. Yeah, right? like how good is Clay Thompson? But he gets overshadowed by Curry. There's he also no-
3: complimented him really well. Sorry to cut you off, but he also complimented him really well in the sense that he was a great passer uh, and he was a great defender. Um, two things that you'd 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 hope for in a kind of a sidekick to an all-time um, you know great scorer in, in in Michael Jordan. Here comes the money.
2: Here we go.
0: Money talk. Here comes the money.
2: With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. I have no idea why I have this on the smallest font ever. But from their online casinos, to poker and blackjack, they bring Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL, no problem. BetOnline has live Daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you could bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use the promo code BLUE WIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. What I got out of that second episode was that they kind of showed Scottie Pippen, would you say salty is appropriate?
3: Yeah, but he had every right to be salty because, you know, in today's NBA, you know, there's no way a player would have played under those circumstances. First, second, um, talk about the GM saying that he wants to rebuild, right? Like, first of all, if you had like a LeBron James or, or the best player in the league, right and he's saying i don't want to rebuild i want to play until I, I want to i want to run this back until we you know as long as we can that's going to happen now the players have way more power than they did back in the day you know what i'm trying to say
2: that was a big that was a big uh takeaway for me too how what a difference like 20 years makes cuz how does how does Pippen and Jordan not run this guy out of town exactly exactly right like how does how do they not go to Reinsdorf, I think his name was right, the owner, yep. and be like, "Yo, fam, listen, we're the two best players in the league. Like, we want to, we're gonna run this till the wheels fall off. So you decide. Like, you're gonna pick us two, a, a generational talent. Who? What were the Bulls before Jordan got there?
3: They were bad. They were bad. Remember in the beginning of the what's the first episode or second episode? They talk about
2: the indoor soccer team.
3: They out. They got out. The attendance was was greater in those
2: soccer games, which is bananas. So when you get a guy like Jordan, right? You get a guy like LeBron. You get a guy like Brady. You get these. People throw the, the term generational talent out a lot, but like Sidney Crosby, if you look at, you you go to Pittsburgh, right? You go in hockey. It's like yo the Ovechkin. Like you talk about these dudes that people pay to go see. No matter how bad or good the team is, like they're gonna go because of that player, and. Those don't grow on trees, bro. Like, it's hard for you to find a guy like MJ to, to now, like the Bulls. Yo, it's probably the Knicks, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Bulls when I think of iconic teams from a global standpoint when you're talking about the NBA. And the Knicks, by default, because they're in New York and like the aura of Madison Square Garden, world's most famous arena. But you're talking about, yo, the Bulls are in that discussion as far as being an iconic team. And that wasn't the case until Jordan got there. So I I was blown away by how much the game has changed. Yeah. That these dudes didn't even, like, it crossed their mind, right? The way they were talking to Kraus and they were talking to the media about him, it implied that they didn't want to fucking be with that guy there. But But they never forced the issue, which was crazy to me. Because now you see it all the time where, like, LeBron's the GM and head coach of every team he goes to and he picks and pulls the players that he wants and coaches get fired left and right because of Dude, him.
3: the Cavs traded every single one of their assets that they had for, the, for how many years into the future to try to win every championship that season. And like, yo, I don't think, necessarily think that's the wrong idea. Like, you know, could they have been a little bit better with their picks? Of course, but at the end of the day, like when you have a generational talent, when you have an all-time great, that's what you do. You put all of your chips in the middle of the table, man. Um, and then, really quickly, like another another piece that I thought was really fascinating was like right before Pippen got there, like and and then I'm really interested to see a lot more about Rodman hopefully down the line. Um, but like the the game where they highlighted in the playoffs where the with the Bulls lost to the Celtics and Larry Bird. That like, that, like, superstar lineup of McHale and Bird and, and, and the list of those guys. Um, he scored 49 in game one and then 63 in game two. Yeah. Um, all those points were all on two-pointers. No three-pointers. Um, and that kind of reminded me of, like, when LeBron was carrying Cleveland early, early on. Like,
2: against... Right. Like the uh, Pistons.
3: Exactly. Yep. Those, Or even when he played against the Celtics when he eventually left. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't he didn't they play yeah, against yeah, the Celtics? Yeah. So it's kind of ironic how, you know, he beats the he loses to the Celtics and then he goes to Miami, but then Jordan loses to the Celtics and then, you know, the roster winds up getting completed around him. I just thought that was insane. Forty nine and then sixty three in the playoffs is just insane.
2: That kind of starts the the playoff legend, like the legendary stories of MJ two that you've heard. Right? I'm sure they're going to highlight the one. They didn't show this in the documentary because they do kind of bounce all over the place. But it does seem like they're going between two different time periods. They're going to the 1997-98 season is really what The Last Dance is about. But they're going back in time like they showed him growing up in, uh, in North Carolina. Then when he went to UNC and they're going through his first and two seasons with the Bulls. And it's the story that he tells Danny Ainge to tell DJ Dennis uh, Dennis Johnson that like yo I'm gonna have something for him. He's golfing like he's golfing before a playoff game. Now that I'll, was crazy. Yeah, right. Like dude, that wouldn't fly now in social media. Nope. Like that was another one where you saw the part when they go to France and like the French newspaper was like yo he's bigger than the Pope, and just that circus that was around them. Where now, dude, like. You saw how much heat the Giants got when they went on that boat trip before a playoff game? Like, imagine if, like, um, Pat Mahomes the day before the Super Bowl is at 11. Nah, bro. It wouldn't happen. You know, but I'm I'm saying, like, with social media, but there's stories. It it wasn't portrayed in this in the first two episodes, but I'm sure you're going to hear about the Atlantic City night where the Knicks beat him, right? And then game two, prior to game two, is in Atlantic City, and there's conflicting reports on how much money he lost, but it's in the millions, gambling and then yeah like he lost like two million dollars gambling like he had a crazy gambling addiction he was macking up yeah. no matter what it was so the the playoff stories uh of mj and it goes back to his time with north carolina i thought a really cool part was james worthy james Worthy's like yo he was the be- uh he's like i was the best player at unc when he got there for two weeks and then it's like yo he just pressed me after after one of the practices and we just trained for like another couple hours and that was it from there I wasn't the best player
3: also it's crazy to think that he stayed all up until his junior year right where now oh yeah have, I mean granted he wasn't as good as a freshman but just like now you don't see I mean you do see juniors getting drafted of course but it's much more skewed towards the freshmen and the sophomores so that's another like interesting piece of it
2: If you're if um, you're a junior now people are looking at you like yo fam what's good yeah, what's wrong with how you? Come, like, yeah, like, like, like it's a bad thing that you stayed in school. What about I thought another pretty cool thing was Dean Smith telling him to go pro at a time where like you said dudes were dudes were playing 3 4 years in college. Ewing played for that long, Barkley played like all these guys of that generation, like it was the norm to go to college for 3 4 years. Yeah. And Dean Smith being like, "Yo man, look, you staying is probably going to win us the national championship and it's going to help my resume and my legacy and it's going to make our team better. But I think what's best for you is to go pro. You're going to be. And it a- does
3: and it, that does happen nowadays. It does, but it also works in the reverse too. Like I remember Pete Carroll told Mark Sanchez, don't go. Right. <laughs> and he was right. Uh, well, I don't want to talk about Mark Sanchez right now, but there are some, there are instances where the coaches say don't go. And there are, there are a lot more instances though. However, where the coaches do say, go, um, yeah, man. But Jerry, I think big takeaways, you know, you know, Pippen contract, um, you know, why did they not, you know, continue to try to push it forward when it seemed like the team wanted to? You obviously, you have to look at Jerry Krause, and he built, he's, you know, he, you know, I don't want to say single handedly built, you know, the monster, but he had a strong influence in building the roster. But then he also it seemed, what seems like just as important of a of a, of a purpose of knocking it down and bringing it down at the same time. Guy couldn't get out of his own way, I guess. Um, and how like little? It's just it's just so crazy. Eighteen was it seven year eighteen million dollar contract for Pippen? Yeah. Um, bananas, bananas. Came out to um, like
2: roughly two point five. Which you know I don't want to compare it to today's money because of you know inflation, inflation. and all that shit. Yeah, you can't. But you can't. But I it's mean, just crazy to think that you're the you're the probably a top five player in the league and you're the sixth highest paid on on your team yeah and i do think another big takeaway for me was how the pieces around jordan made so much sense you had the 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 zen the zen master and, and phil jackson to be able to control all these egos you have pippen who was super humble and didn't want the spotlight Like, he was cool with being the number two guy. He's the best. He's known as the best number. He's the the best Robin of all time. Like, how many guys would be comfortable with that? It's a a lot of machismo, a lot of alpha males out there.
3: And then also, you have Robin, who literally, they even said in the documentary, he literally didn't eat the ball. Right. Like, he just played defense and rebounded, which is exactly what you need, again, you know, to kind of, you know, to help, you know, surround a guy like Jordan, who was kind of a ball-dominant guy. Um. I love the quote. I'm reading some like take. I'm, I'm I'm reading some like some info on last night, and um I, and I remember the quote where Larry Bird goes. This was talk, he's talking about the '86 playoff game, um kind of like Jordan's coming out party, if you will. Yeah. Against the Celtics, uh Larry Bird in the dock. He goes. He goes. He goes. That wasn't Michael Jordan. That was God disguised as Michael Jordan. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that. that.
2: Just, I had that down that was, too because. Dude, it's crazy. A lot of people say that the eighty six team is probably the best team of all time. They Celtic eighty six? Yeah. And yeah. to think about this was also a time where I found this really, really interesting. People wanted to get a higher lottery pick because back then it wasn't it wasn't like percentage like everyone had the same chance. Like there were the same amount of balls in there. It wasn't like, oh, you had the worst record where you, you top three teams like it is now, right? It, it was a, a level playing field, and he willed them back. Remember, that year he also missed 64 games, and the reports came out that they put him on a minutes restriction, and there was that one game that they highlighted. And I thought something really, really cool, man, was a lot of people say that they want to win, and they want to be winners, but I also think a lot of people want to win because they want to be the reason why they win. Yep. Like you want, you want your company to do well because like you do well and you're like you're a reason for their success. And you see it a lot of times in sports like guys like w- with the wide receiver position, right? A dude has three catches for, for 27 yards, but they win. But they're like, ah, you know, I, I feel like I could have done more. And like they're salty because they weren't, you know, they didn't go for what 12 for 120 and two touchdowns.
3: But who knows if they weren't double teamed the whole game. Exactly. Which they up- and they
2: opened up the number two guy who had a career game, you know. So it's something where when Paxson hits that shot because they were limiting MJ coming off that injury to 14 minutes per half, and then Paxson ends up winning. Who's the first guy that goes and hugs Paxson? It's MJ. And he couldn't understand that. At that time, the early Bulls, the franchise wasn't about winning. He talks about how they didn't want him to return because they were worried about his health. And I wrote down the 90-10 rule where they ask him about his injury. And it's like he 90% was, that it could be career-threatening. The no, it's
3: 90%. 90% he'll be fine. 10% it could ruin his career.
2: Right. And then they asked him to think about the pills. Like if you had a headache and you had to take a <sighs> – You have to take a pill. He's like, well, it depends how bad the fucking headache is. What about the F-bombs on ESPN, bro?
3: I love it. Fuck PC. Fuck PC. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was because it was Sunday night and it was late, maybe. That's why it didn't matter. I I don't know if that varies.
2: uh, They've been saying from the beginning that they were going to air two different versions, uh, a censored and an uncensored. But I also think it's, yo, desperate times call for desperate measures. There's nothing else. And for a Disney program to give that cosign, I was hyped. Like, yeah. it's like now when you hear like bitch on wrestling, you're like, Oh shit, where'd that come from? You know, it's, it's just that we've been so PC'd that getting some like ruthless shit, which, you know, saying the F bomb on national television, I guess that could get coined on that where, you know, if it's a sideline reporter saying fuck right now, like if Doris Burke was to come out and be like, what the fuck were the Knicks thinking about trading for Zingas? She probably have to apologize and she'd be suspended for like two weeks yeah so the fact fuck that they're it. letting them just you know scotty yeah fuck it yeah, yeah uh
3: i'm 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 definitely you know I'm, I'm it was a great first two episodes i'm very interested in a couple of different things first well really quickly that the book that that that, that all of the paper that had the last dance on it that, that 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 phil jackson named it the last dance well was that like a playbook
2: so, they they really explained how he liked to have a certain message for each season. Got it. Like, going for the three-peat. Uh, best team ever, 95-96. That was, like, the memo. And then, that one he coined at the last dance because... Everybody knew. Everyone knew, like, Pippen might not be back. Pippen actually delayed his surgery. surgery. He
3: may have even gotten traded. There was rumors... Um... That he was going to get traded for Sean Kemp, yeah. During the season, which came out, um, well, when they got of- their
2: when they got their rings, it seemed like it was kind of a retirement speech. That's what I when I was when I was watching that, I was like, "Damn, yo!" If I was watching this back then, I'd probably think that this is the last time he ever played for the Bulls. And then they cut to I forgot who it was, but they actually said in the documentary that it felt like it was a goodbye and a retirement speech because there was so much hostility between all parties involved.
3: I don't know if it was a retirement, but a goodbye from Chicago because he was looking to get paid. That was the key. Yeah. He was frustrated that he didn't get taken care of. Um,
2: and I think and it, was, to- it was very important that Phil Jackson, man, not only did he coach these guys, he also managed them really well where he sided with the players in in that duel with Krause. And I'm sure he probably had some animosity towards him also when he's the one coaching and out there with the guys. And this guy wants to credit that he's acquired yeah but, the
3: organizations win championship not players
2: right and and phil jackson told him like yo whenever whenever you're ready to come back right they phil jackson was told you could go 82 and 0 and not come back like dude could you imagine if a guy was to win three championships in a row and the gm was to be like Yo, he's not coming back? Like, what? It's
3: crazy. That's I think that the crowd's the, the dynamic is the craziest. And that's what I'm looking forward to, for sure, learning more about that. Um,
2: Five titles in seven years going into that last season.
3: Yeah, talk about pressure. Um, I want to I wanna learn more about Phil. Um, and I want to learn a lot more about Dennis Rodman. Um, so those are kind of two of the things that I would have to say I am eager to learn more about kind of as – as it progresses, mm-hmm. is Dennis Rodman was one hell of a character. Talk about being, talk about like a guy that would have like thrived in the social media era. I think more of just like his actions, like, like you know, like nowadays, you know, the athletes they're getting recorded on Instagram when they're walking into the arenas, and mm. and fashion is more of a thing now, right? Like, the, the personality, being having a big personality makes you a bigger star in the nba right so talk about a guy who like i wish played around in, in today's age would be dennis robin so really fascinated to learn more about dennis robin who barely got any airtime, um and then also like scotty pippen for sure and then i want to learn more about the uh, uh, phil like i hope they kind of you know dedicate maybe half an episode to to, to more about phil and how they found him because that's another thing like kraus man like for being such a dick like even Reinsdorf said it like he's the one who made Phil Jackson he found him you know what I'm saying like so for everything for all of the great things that he did he knocked it the fuck down too which is kind of nuts
2: I was reading something that was archived by by Yahoo at the time Woj was like all in Jerry Krause and he was a big Jerry Krause guy he actually had him one of the last public appearances that Jerry Krause made. Because Jerry Krause, I think, died within the last two years. Really? So, yeah. If I don't know if you have your laptop up in front of you. If you could just check that. Yeah, he
3: did. 2017.
2: So, like, recently he was on a Woj podcast. And Woj was, like, a big fan of his. And kind of is one of the the lone survivors of being Team Jerry Krause. Because, dude, when you when you have a talent like MJ, bro, like, how are you going to convince the fans not to sign with Jordan? side with jordan i should say yeah. you know not only do you have the success on the court but how many sneakers did you see that you're like yo i kind of want to go buy those right now because i saw a bunch of them that i wanted to get my hands on and then you look at the global impact of him when they go to france the international tour yeah and and mj is just being mj and saying like oh you guys can lift that trophy because you guys haven't won yet talking to the new guys
3: Bro, during the MJ Hall of Fame speech, he says Jerry Krause is right there. I don't know who invited him. I didn't. <laughs> Damn. There's like a lot of beef that, like that, the whole dynamic with the, with with him. Um, it's 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 it's, it's kind of crazy. And then the dynamic with. Um,
2: what about the, the cocaine? Wedding? The the cocaine well, circus.
3: That was crazy. That was like the rookie Jordan year, right? That was
2: rookie Jordan, and I think that that needed to happen to him early enough to realize that that was one of those moments where it kind of dictated his future, where he was like, yo, I'm trying to win. I'm not trying to party. I'm not trying to get in trouble. I'm yeah. trying to win. And that's where he started to lead by example. And he said that I'm going to go after the best guy on the team, not verbally, because I didn't have a voice, but I'm going to just cook him all the time in practice. And by game three, they said he was the best player on the court. The dude, Sydney Moncrief, Two time defensive player of the year, and MJ just cooked them in that fourth quarter when they came back. And it was, he was on the Bucs, and at the time, the Bucs always, always beat the Bulls. So there were bits and spurts of MJ starting to show his greatness even early on. And then when they asked yeah. him, like, what's the difference between the pro game and the college game? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> There's no difference. Where you always he hear goes- people.
3: He goes, how's your transition? "Eh, It's been pretty easy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like usually it's like, well, you know, it's a lot quicker here and guys are stronger and bigger. He's like, nah.
3: It's been pretty easy.
2: Yeah. You mentioned Um, some of the things that you wanted to see moving forward. Um, as both of us being fans of degenerate activities, uh, I really want to see some of the gambling stuff.
3: Yeah, the dark stuff.
2: Yeah, like you because you know, there's a conspiracy theory as to why did he retire the first time? Was it gambling debt? Was it his dad passing away and he wanted to fulfill the baseball dream? Was it that the game just was, got too easy? There's so many different conflicting stories as to what the real reason was.
3: There were rumors that what the mob killed Jordan's dad,
2: right? There's so dude, there's countless. Like if you wanna look into why he retired in ninety three, ninety four, it's it's countless reasons and I wonder if that's going to be addressed, which I think it has to because that's part of the Jordan story. Like you can't tell yeah. the Jordan story without those.
3: I was trying to tell – I forgot who I was talking to, but I was like they're doing a good job of using the last season to tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. Like like the the, the the story of the documentary is the last season, but they're jumping in and out of the last season to explain the whole thing, which is why I think it's so fucking awesome because you're getting, you're really getting, you're getting a million stories. Don't get me wrong, but you're kind of getting two in one, I guess, you know?
2: Yeah. That's why I was saying how it takes place in two different times where it's yeah. Current events of the, the 97, 98 season, but they're going through chronological order. Like they, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina was where he grew up and they're showing that then in high school, then in college, than the early years of the Bulls, and it's going right through that. And for me, it's the gambling stuff I really want to find out about. I want to find out about the Pistons series. Remember, he lost back to back years to the Pistons. Their Pistons
3: are coming up next.
2: Yeah, because that's early. That's 87 and 88, 89, like that. The the Isaiah Thomas. I want to see the beef that he had with Isaiah. You know, I wonder if they're going to show the Monte Carlo exhibition game, which is like the greatest game never to be broadcasted. You've heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of it. Where it's like the it's the dream team, the 92 dream team and they split it up into two camps and they played like apparently it's like the greatest basketball game that no one's ever seen. There's no like video footage of it and shit. So, like what is what are some of the stories there? They kind of showed a preview on ESPN afterwards where uh Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are warming up and MJ just comes up to him and goes, "There's a new sheriff in town." And this is when MJ had just won back-to-back and then they go to the Olympics. So they won in 90, then they won in 91. Or I think I have it the other way around. They won in 91, and then 92 was well, the be, Olympics. It
3: would be 90 to 91, 91 to 92, and then the summer of 92 would be the Olympics.
2: Right. So that's what it was. So he just went back-to-back, and Magic and Larry Bird just looked at each other and were like, he ain't lying. And then they started just, like, giggling. So there's a lot. There's a lot. But I'm curious. I think the next one's going to be dope because also, let's not forget, Rodman was on those teams too. So, to get Big Rodman character. to come on over there and also um, the Charles Oakley effect. Like, I didn't know Oakley was that cool with him.
3: Bill, Yeah, he got traded for Bill Cart right there, saying, Yeah. So, yeah. And then, last, for me, last thing is the field dynamic with how they had the coach in the wing, waiting in the wings already. Mm. How crazy was that where Jerry Krause has the wedding, where his daughter's wedding or whatever, and invites tim floyd but didn't invite phil jackson yeah like like that whole basically everyone knew who the next coach was gonna be regard like that that's just it was. it's just so mind-blowing like how none of this honestly i don't think would happen like in today's nba not even close
2: going going back to these first two episodes as a whole as we wind down What's your absolute biggest takeaway? If you had to just give one, like if you were to tell someone right now that hasn't seen this, let's just use uh, let's use one of our buddies for example. You just set them up in the group chat and you're like, "Yo, you gotta go watch episode one and two. and they ask you, "What's the one thing that kind of explains those two episodes?" What would you say it was?
3: I would just say like, I mean, for our buddies, we didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan. Like, you could, anyone can say like. You, know, you can you can say you know you watched highlight tapes or reruns, but I don't think that y- you kind of understood the greatness without not only watching the the tape, but then also hearing the people get interviews and explain his greatness at the same time. Um, so it's just it's an ed- it's if you love basketball, um, you know it's the best player of all time. You're getting an education on the greatest player of all time and also the greatest team of all time. So
1: mm-hmm.
3: it's just an educational piece if you love the game of basketball or if you love competitive sports like. I think this is a no-brainer. So it's just like a history lesson to me.
2: I would say you don't even even need to be a sports fan to watch this.
3: Well, that's for damn sure too.
2: Because he's – and they they were mentioning it in there how it's probably like Muhammad Ali and him as far as like –
3: Michael Wilbon said that. Yeah, yeah.
2: and and it was true. Like if you really think about it, guys that has such an impact and – What they meant to their sport, and then how it transcended the whole world. Like, dude, think of just the Jordan brand, which was growing as he was playing. So for me, I think it's a must-watch. Whether it's, you know, your your brother doesn't like sports, right, or your girlfriend doesn't like sports. They're like, yo, this isn't even about sports. This is like you know Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like you know MJ. So for me, it's it's how the early stages of Jordan's life kind of laid the blueprint for the things to come he hits that shot in unc dean smith and james worthy give him the confidence that yo you're ready to be an alpha and he was a freshman on the team so it's it's little things like that the cocaine the cocaine circus which from his body language that shit was definitely happening right like he, he
3: didn't deny it
2: which means it happened yeah 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 so that, that was for me. And I'm looking forward to some of the gambling stories. And, and next up, probably going to be the Pistons saga because that also shaped MJ too.
3: Yeah. He got the toughness from them. Yeah. was losing to the Pistons. There was
2: a famous scene where he kind of just walks off the court, doesn't shake no hands. And people are like, yo, bad sportsmanship. But it's like, yo, dog, sometimes you lose, bro. And you don't got no sportsmanship in you when you care that much. And that's what I think ultimately defines Jordan. Like sometimes it's like, yo, you know what, man? Even though we're cool, like, I'm just tired of losing. That's
3: like when LeBron took the Cavs jersey off and he went to the tunnel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Damn, my can't, guy. Can't wait. Always Anytime, a pleasure. Bro.
3: Say, hopefully, I will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll link up over the next couple of weeks, man.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll get you back on uh one of the...
3: Uh, for the next couple episodes or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
2: we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Surprise yeah, the folks. Where can they find you, dog? Uh,
3: impy Y seven one eight Twitter and Instagram. You already know nothing's changed.
2: Yo, overall thoughts. Last thing, biggest takeaway of the weekend. What'd you think of that DJ battle we put together?
3: It was good. It was good. <laughs> we, 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 got, we have some new competitors, man, that want to jump in. So sounds like it was a we did well. If other people want to take part.
2: <laughs> oh man, that was such a good time! Shout out to everyone that joined. There was some VM folks in there that were showing love. At the lamp yeah. show is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum was where you can find everything VM, and I'll catch you guys on Can't thursday baby baby clocking
3: the lane i'm filling the stream, i'm here for the spot to be I'm filled not to be cocky but all of you watching while i'm in the cup paying property bills got it, got it.
0: this is the story of the want as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently